0: Hey, in the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. We're happy to spend some time with us, Chippin' Zay, right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Uh, A madcap Monday, Zay. We got uh, Texas with another near-death experience. Um, I mean, they're turning us all into Tums chuggers. (laughs) I mean, what? on earth cowboys Cruz, texans unbelievable cj stroud olipop if i was at my home office i'd be handing out an olipop to uh cj stroud but zay i heard you talking about it crushing crushing news about our man jonathan brooks i mean this dude was the best story on the team this year started off as a backup thousand yard rusher i mean great pass protector great catcher of the football i don't think i don't think his contact balance showed up in practice or something because how on earth could this guy not have been the starter he just i mean 63 (laughs) 63 force missed tackles um this is this one hurts
1: yeah definitely hurts man I mean again kid just lost his father you know and he shows it every time he scores a touchdown points to where he got his pops tatted and a tribute to him which is uh you know it's a Devastating story, but how Jonathan Brooks has flipped it into something positive is very beautiful and very moving. And for this to happen to not only the team, but him specifically, the guys going for the Doak Walker Award, Mel Kiper Jr. has him on the first running back taken, you know, before the injury and the draft this coming up season. So it's like, damn, man. And you know, Chip, when you're a running back, you want to get to the NFL as quick as possible because you know your life expectancy is very short. So you want to get in less than three years. Exactly. And for running back it might be even worse. So trying to get in as young as possible without as many blows is huge. And again, the year that Jonathan Brooks has had had, what he's done for this Texas offense, what he's done for this passing game, the way he makes Sartre's play calling look, the way that he makes this offensive line look, just the confidence that you have in him. And the question marks that we had before the season, Chip, we were talking about who's going to replace Bijan John Robinson, who's going to replace Roshan Johnson, can this running back room, can they get it done? and Jonathan Brooks and the rest of the running backs, they have proven that they have been able to get it done. And. Yeah, it hurts bad. It really does hurt bad. Like, I feel for the dude, but just the type of guy he is, I don't know what his next move is going to be. Obviously, we have to stay tuned for that. But you see Blake Corrin from Michigan. He came back from a serious knee injury last year. And, you know, Michigan's doing crazy things this year without their coach now. So it can be done. He can come back, you know, and he could be just as good, if not better, which knowing somebody like Jonathan Brooks, I expect that but yeah for the rest of the season however many games you could possibly have it seems like the horns are probably going to have three but after that you never know and with 24 you feel so much better going into all of these games and now you got some question marks Got some serious question marks going up against a Iowa State team that's playing some of its best football of the season. So, yeah, we'll see how the Horns bounce back from this, but you can read it on Steve Sarkeesian's face today in the presser how deflating not having Jonathan Brooks moving forward is for this ball club. I mean, he's, he's the offensive
0: MVP up to this point for this football team, and we can talk about how valuable – uh, Quinn Yours is, and Quinn Yours is absolutely invaluable. I mean, but Jonathan Brooks, what he's done uh, game in, game out, and his consistency um, has just meant everything to this football team. And I'll be honest, it, it scares you a little bit because, you know, there were times last year where you were waiting for Sark to – kind of quit throwing the football and get to run in the football and the iowa state game was one of those games last year where it it was tough for quinn he didn't have a great completion percentage against iowa state last year they you know barely pulled it out people you know the whip route by xavier worthy on fourth and goal um proved to be the game winning points. And Iowa state went right down the field and was driving for the go ahead points. When, um, you know, they forced a fumble. Matt Campbell went crazy, ran onto the field. He wanted targeting, uh, Jalen Ford recovered the fumble and Texas got out of that game alive. And now you're going to aims and you don't have the proven thing at running back last year. Sark always could turn to Bijan against Baylor. People forget Texas was trailing Baylor in the fourth quarter last year and in Austin, and they ran it 25, the last 27 plays Um, the Kansas state game, you know, where Bijan ran it over 30 times for 209 yards. It was just an incredible game from Bijan. And then this year with Jonathan Brooks, um, when, They've needed to run the football. They've turned to Jonathan Brooks. I thought they turned to the running game a little too late in the TCU game, Zay. Um, that that drive where they ran it 10 straight times to the field goal, where was that in the third quarter? You know, right. Instead, they're throwing bubble screens to Jontae Cook on third and one with Xavier Worthy, pencil-thin Xavier Worthy, expected to get the block. On a strong safety, come on, man. We're I talked about to...
1: that. I talked about that play after post game with Rodney Rodriguez on Chaos Theory. That was the worst call, of the Zark. worst call of the game. Worst call of the game for for one. Jonathan Brooks gave you nine yards on the previous and it play, was third and one it was third and one. And then you go with that whack ass screen to Jonte Cook, who hasn't even got his feet wet in the game yet. And yeah, Xavier Wordy just botches the block, which obviously he's going to do the dude weighs a buck 65. I mean, he he's done well blocking, but I'm not going to say obviously, but it's more prone to get thrown off and for that cornerback uh, to make the tackle and do the buck 50 than it is for, you know, one of your offensive linemen when you could just run the ball.
0: Yeah, we need to take an ollie pop away from Sark on that. Um, but ollie pop to Jonathan Brooks because um, that dude is a heart and soul warrior and 21 carries, 104 yards, had a 73 yard catch and run on a screen in which 71 of those yards was him, his vision, his speed, his contact balance. Nice block from Jatavian Sanders late, although I think they got their feet tangled up and that's why Brooks hit the deck at the one. But, um, yeah, you can tell that this. This is, I mean, Jalen Ford, we just got done talking to him while I was late. And Jalen Ford just said, when a guy like Jonathan Brooks goes down, alarms need to be going off in every player on this team to step it up this week against Iowa State. Because, you know, that guy, heart and soul guy and important piece of this team and, you know, everyone was breathing a sigh of relief when they saw Quinn Ewers take the field against TCU and thank, and they were right to be having a sigh of relief because it came to third and 12. And how about Sark dialing up a deep ball to 80 Mitchell, 35 yards in the air and 80 Mitchell, great adjustment to make the catch. Um, all the players today said how, you know, Jalen Ford said he's watching from the sideline and he's like, when I first saw the ball in the air and the way that AD was running, I was like, I don't think he's going to catch that. And then all of a sudden he changed his, you know, his direction and made a great sort of basket catch there going to the ground. And and Jalen Ford was like, oh, thank God I don't have to go back out on the field again because
1: it was getting rough, Zay. Yeah. Hell, yeah, it was getting rough. 20 points in the fourth quarter, those horn Fox put up. 20. Like, it, it was getting dark. Like, it was getting dark. And you felt, you heard Sonny Dykes talk about after the game, they felt like if they would have gotten the ball back, they would have went down and scored. And you got to think about the week prior, Chris Kleiman having that same mindset, which that's why he went for it. I still thought that was a bad decision with the momentum that Kansas State had. But yeah, that decision has like, not aged well. Yeah, not at all. But he was, you know, kind of the same thing. Just the confidence that they had moving the ball on the Texas defense that is still really stingy. Like, it makes sense why Sonny Dykes felt that way. So that call by Steve Sarkeesian to get the ball to Adonai Mitchell on that deep route, huge balls, man, huge. And, yeah. Yeah, like, I I got to salute Adonai Mitchell, that dude – from getting flicked off at the beginning of the game where he looked at those guys at the stands of TCU and was like, oh, y'all going to flick me off? Okay, all right, I'm going to remember that. Don't let me make a play later on. That's going to haunt y'all's dreams. And that was the play. That was the play. It's crazy how life works. TCU fans, y'all going to give them that energy? Well, we're going to give it right back, just in a different way. And Adonai Mitchell, all three of his catches were big time. Like the one for the touchdown, a little push-off. Not enough to where the refs are going to throw the flag, but just a little nudge, kind of like the Jordan shove. You know what I'm saying? Just a little nudge, and then break off. Beautiful pass by Quinn for the touchdown. And then the pass that Quinn Ewers made in his own end zone which it was almost a safety if Quinn didn't get that ball off and A.D. Mitchell called it a little toe tap on the sideline and then he had that deep route, just adjusting this body, contorting this body for game. Beautiful play, man. He's been huge all season long, nine touchdowns. And Xavier Worthy, talk about his play. Like 10 catchers, 137 yards. He had Josh Newton in shambles. All game long, we were hearing all game or all week long, Chip, about how good Josh Newton was coming from Louisiana and how he's going to be one of the you know first cornerbacks taken in this year's draft. And Xavier Wordy said, you know what? This is the game that NFL scouts are going to look at and say, oh, this dude's for real. This dude just ain't a speed threat. And I talked about it coming in like we, we Xavier worthy and just his route running, how much he's improved from that. Like Tyree kill. He just ain't no fast threat. Like that's who you should be looking If you're Xavier Worthy, you should be looking at somebody like Tyree kill. Like, Oh, he doesn't just go off with his speed. His releases are nice too. His footwork is crazy. His route running is very precise. If I apply that to my game, that's going to take me to another level. And Xavier Wordy, he showed his ass on Saturday. I was really impressed with him. And the physicality for him. He might have smoked that block for Jontae Cook on the screen. But when Xavier Wordy has the ball in his hands, he ain't going down. Like, he's not going to go down just because, you know, he's a small guy and needs to save his body. No, he's trying to get extra yardage. He's making stiff arms. He's making jukes. He got that thought, late hit ball on him. He's tough, man. Like Xavier thought, Wordy's a tough dude.
0: I thought the best play he made – was when Jordan Whittington runs, he, had, he and Jordan Whittington both run the length of the field. Whittington punches the ball out, and Xavier Worthy dives headfirst into the pile to recover the fumble. There are some offensive-minded players, some offensive players, Cam Newton, um, in a Super Bowl <laughs> who wouldn't, make that kind of effort diving into a pile to recover a fumble. And I was, I was, I agree. I was totally impressed with Xavier worthy. I've been impressed. It's a contract year for him and he's playing like it. And, and everyone has benefited from that. And, and so you're seeing the best you've seen of Xavier worthy and same for Ad Mitchell. It's a contract year for him. These guys are gone at the end of the year and they are trying to make money right now. And they are, and they came up huge and they're going to have to come up huge in Ames because let's be honest, say I don't know how much Steve Sarkeesian trusts CJ Baxter and Jaden blue to carry the load. Um, you know, I've been asking for 50 runs all every damn game because I think Jonathan Brooks is that good uh, and that he should be averaging 20 to 25 carries a game. I don't know. Sark might have it made up in his mind. Hey, we're going to have to throw to win. And Iowa state has the best pass defense in the big 12. They want you to run their three, three, five, three, eight cloud defense invites you to run. You need to pound them and make them pay for playing that three-eight cloud and get them out of it. I mean, they don't just play that; they'll they'll change things up if they're getting gashed. And the way you beat Iowa State is running the football. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if Sark's gonna stick to that plan. So this, you know, I'm going to Ames. I'm not. Uh, I'm not excited about it. Uh, it's gonna be cold it's gonna be it's gonna be Ames. it's it's the middle of nowhere but um look this is the and i'm not i'm not gonna say it's the last big hurdle because baron morton's back for texas tech they're moving the football um you know texas is gonna have to earn this thing the hard way they're gonna have to gut it out and they're Their schedule was back loaded. We knew that, and here we are. It's it's money time. It's Big 12 Championship time. So let's see what this team's all about. They've had to endure some injuries, some adversity. They've caused some adversity to themselves. Uh, The coach has caused some adversity by not, you know, to me, not running the football more in the third quarter. I mean, your defense – goes the length of the field defending, and then comes up with a goal line stand. And you make a great play off the goal line, as you mentioned. Quinn Ewers drops back first down from their own two and throws a 20-yard fade ball to A.D. Mitchell, and you're out of trouble. You're Now you can run the football. And they were still passing it and they threw it eight times in the third quarter. They ran it only three times in the third quarter, and they averaged, they ran it for nine, six, and four on those running plays. And one of them was that second and 10 after throwing incomplete on first down. Jonathan Brooks runs for nine, it's third and one, and they throw that stupid bubble screen. But on the drive coming off the goal line, that's when your defense needed rest, and you were still throwing it around, and um, yours missed uh, J.T. Sanders on third and six. And it, uh, it, it just, I mean, TCU held the ball for 11 minutes in the third quarter. You want to know why the defense is missing tackles in the fourth quarter? Because they're exhausted. Uh, because they were on the field for 11 minutes in the third quarter because you didn't run the football and give your defense a rest. And, and Josh Hoover got hot just like Donovan Smith got hot. And just like Will Howard got hot in the passing game. And, you know, I was talking to Jody Barron today and I said, is it, you know, you guys keep saying you got to get your communication right in the secondary. I said, is it a problem or is it something that the safeties keep changing? Like from play to play one, one minute, it's, Michael Taff and Derek Williams. The next minute it's Michael Taff and Jaron Thompson. Keaton Crawford was back in this game. So it was Keaton Crawford and, and Jody Barron was like, yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to Jaron Thompson and I was telling him some stuff about Iowa state. And he said, just make sure you tell the other guys too. make sure you tell the other safeties too. And Jody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So it's you got to know what the left hand and right hand are doing and they've been you know that's Blake Gideon I mean he's subbing guys in and out and it's great give guys a rest but that communication cannot suffer and and guys get familiar you know Todd Orlando uh Herman's defensive coordinator never substituted because he wanted guys to always know what you know they were doing their communication needed to be you know un- impeccable and so he wouldn't you know change guys out because he didn't want any slip-ups in terms of the communication and it just seems like there's been slip-ups in the communication and so they've got to get that part figured out because I said to Jod A, I said are you the guy like are you the vocal leader of that whole secondary and and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to communicate with one of the safeties, but then it's his job to communicate to the corners. And sometimes it just doesn't seem like that communication's getting all the way because look at the post route that TCU scored on. Terrence Brooks looked like he thought he had help to the inside, but Derek Williams had pinched up. Um, You know, and, and so that... Post was open. We saw that against K State. Yeah, I'm about to
1: say you know, like that happened against Kansas State too. So those yeah. two guys, Derrick Williams and Terrence Brooks.
0: That that can't happen. And you know the other touchdown to Savion Williams, where Hoover like put it right in a window this big. You're like, dude. Yeah. Hats off, man, because Jalen Ford was right there and. Jaren Thompson was right there and that he squeezed it in a keyhole there, but it it was, you know, it was, it was not pretty Jared Wiley was catching and running. So, you know, but they talked about the missed tackles and no one's going to say they were tired, but they were on the field for 11 minutes, which, you know, in real time is like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. That'll exhaust you.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And we knew coming into this game, if browse and this TCU offense, if they're able to get a tempo that they liked, then they were going to exploit the Texas secondary a lot like Oklahoma did. And that's what we saw specifically in that fourth quarter. They started moving at a pace and Jalen Ford. I know he said that the pace didn't bother them, but you got to say that. I understand. You got to say that. You don't want to make it look like, you know, you're out here looking weak and stuff, but Hey, Pace, that's an issue with Texas. When teams go fast and they're throwing that ball and getting out of their hands quick and allowing those receivers to make yards after catch plays like Savion Williams did and had that dude looking like Devontae Adams out there on Saturday. And that's a big dude, man. That's a big athletic dude that I was pretty surprised, you know, How I mean, when we talked to uh, Brian last week, he said that this receiving core for TCU was really good and it just hasn't shown yet. But we saw it. (laughs) We saw it this Saturday, like Savion Williams. That's a tough son of a B. And then you look at, you know, Jared Riley. He went off a little bit and John Paul Richardson had that touchdown where, you know, Hoover squeezed it in. So Hoover, that dude. He has some toughness about him. I'll give him that. He was when, you know, Byron Murphy and Trevondre Sweat, when they started making life rough for him, he said, okay, I can't sit in the pocket much longer. And once he started breaking out of the pocket and making plays with his legs and keeping his eyes up the field and making those throws, he threw at least five where I was like, damn, okay, that's, that's different. Not too many guys are making those throws, you know, in college football. Not too yeah. many guys are willing to make those throws. College football, but Josh Hoover, he knows like, what do I have to lose? What, like, he's at that what do I have to lose point. Chandler Morris, y'all wanted him anyway, so I might as well go out. I already got seven interceptions, eight now for Terrence Brooks, Pitt, which that was a big play by number eight to, you know, give the Horns time to score before halftime. But yeah, man, I that's that's been an issue all year long. Just the secondary at times, they will get it. Avoided and yeah it just seems like the tempo messes them up you talk about Derek Williams as good as he's been all year for a freshman especially a freshman coming in during the summer not an early enrollee he also shows that he's a guy that came in in the summer and it seems like there's some things just you know when it comes to X's and O's that he's not quite there at you know it's just especially when they're doing all this substituting you know, you got guys like Jaron Thompson and Keaton Crawford that played a lot of football. And then you're subbing in Derek Williams, who hasn't like that could be a little bit of a change, especially for everybody else, like John A. Barron was talking about. So, you know, hopefully going into Ames, they could get that tightened up. But yeah, you know, to be nine and one and to give up these leads like the Horns have this year to U of H, Kansas State and this past weekend, TCU, it's crazy. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to think that they're 9-1 and and they're in the position to play for a Big 12 championship if they win the next two games.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Mike asks, how's Iowa State's passing game? And it's getting better because Rocco Becht is getting better. Um, You know, this is a guy who got thrown in, obviously, because Hunter Deckers got suspended for the gambling uh, situation. And, Rocco Beck is completing 62% of his passes, uh, 15 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Those numbers are similar uh, to what Quinn Ewers had last year. And, you know, he's learning. He's learning on the fly. You've got to get pressure on Rocco Beck, and Texas can do that. So that's going to be the best way to help, um, help, this secondary help, this defense is to get pressure and disrupt and, you know, put doubt in his mind and, you know, pressure him into making that. As uh, my man Ryan Watts likes to say, that ignorant throw <laughs> that that's going to be picked off by Jotty Barron or Michael Taff or whatever, whoever. I mean, they've just got to make Iowa State uh, feel like they they don't have uh, an answer because their running game is not great. Um, Eli uh, Sanders, he's got 467 yards rushing this season. He's averaging 4.9 a carry. He only has four touchdown runs. The, you know, Imani Bailey is legit. I mean, Imani Bailey, and you saw it. He he busted through the Texas defense for some some big plays there in the fourth quarter and Iowa State doesn't have that guy. So, you know, as long as Texas takes care of the football and and plays a plus game on on offense, defense and special teams, they should handle business in this game. I mean, what the Texas a What's the line in this? Let me look this up.
1: Ooh, I haven't looked yet.
0: Because I I want to say it was like nine or ten points, um, and and
1: that's you that's know, high. It's a little. That's high to me. No, Jonathan Brooks. That's high. That's high. That's, <laughs> that's, that's high to me. Houston, Snoop Dogg. That's high. That's high.
0: Um, I mean. I'm just yeah,
1: saying just, this game scares the crap out of me. I mean, all of them do, it seems like, but this game really does. No 24. That's so big. That's so big. Gosh, he's so good. Like, I'm, I'm so impressed with his play this year, Chip, and just how steady he's been. And He's not a shit talker. He does it with his play. You know, very mild-mannered when you hear him in, you know, pressers and stuff like that. He's, you know, just nothing's crazy about him. He's not like a huge extrovert type of guy. But when it comes to buckling that chin strap up and handling your business, like you talk about his pass protection and how good he was blocking this year. Like Jaden Blue, that's what he's worst at. Jalen Blue, we know he can run a little bit. We know he has some juice coming out of Houston, Texas, but we've all heard about his pass protection just not quite being there. And Quinn can't take no hits. Like Quinn wasn't right. 100% this Saturday, which salute to number 3 cuz to go 23 for 33 300 and uh something yards and not be 100%, he can't take no hits. No. So if I'm That's why he threw it
0: away so much.
1: Yeah, he threw it away a ton and salute to him again because that's you know seeing malik murphy these last two weeks you you definitely you don't take those throwaways were beautiful oh they were so nice man they were so nice i don't we're not going to see quintavious i don't think we're going to see that you're not going to see quintavious or quincy yours i think that's over with just because him taking those shots he can't afford to run i don't think sliding and even if he does slide, some of these dudes are idiots out here. They'll give you just a shot just because they'll say, Hey, I'm gonna give him a shot. We're gonna take this 15 yards, but he's gonna feel it. And the 15 yards might be worth it. You know what I'm saying? That might be a little demonic, but hey, it's football. Anything right. to win. Like they had right. about they had a bounty on Brett Favre's head. That dude was like 40 years old. Like it don't. I'm not trying to hear this nice guy stuff. So Quinn has to be very smart and he was on Saturday but yeah man Jaden Blue we can't have none of those missed blocking you know missed assignments on pass protection like that cannot happen right now no. and yeah i'm it's going to be interesting to see what Sark throws out there cuz i'm with you Chip i don't think he has the confidence Or that same swagger that he had with Jonathan Brooks, which you would think he should because you had C.J. Baxter starting the first game against Rice week one. So, you know, it's very contradicting. (laughs) And Sark not having confidence, but and C.J. Baxter now being 100 percent what he could do out there. I think it might have been just knowing that Jonathan Brooks, you know, you could throw him in there at any time, gave you some you know, confidence, but, oh, man, ten, the line being that 10, that's high, boy, that is high.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I look at this and, you know, a bunch of these guys were on that team that went to Ames uh, two years ago, and Texas actually led that game 7-3 to three at halftime, and then the wheels came off. Texas got outscored twenty-seven to nothing in the second half. Bo Davis went off. Um, that was the yeah, Saturday. Hey, who,
1: who filmed that? By the way, you you do we ever find out who filmed that?
0: Yeah, it was a player who was uh, soon off the team.
1: So we could say his name, can't we? Let them know? let us know. Come on, Chip, throw him the we, box. Uh,
0: He was a he was he was a. <laughs> I'm trying to who is a defensive back who switched to receiver Uh huh I'll look it up. I'll look okay. it up. Cuz right. his name has escaped. He was a backup. Um mm. but it was you know, it was a mess. And and so you know, this this team right now it's it bothers me that we have had these situations in three of the last four games where the defense and the offense stopped playing complimentary football in the second half of, of the, of these games. And, and I get the case state comeback. There were turnovers. I mean, Malik Murphy threw an interception in Texas's at tw- Texas, they took over at the te- Texas 12. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, you know, fumbled. They took over at the 32 of Texas. So I, I get that, um, but the Houston and the TCU games, those were just big old chunk plays getting given up and missed tackles and 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 I get it. I mean, you know, but you you got to Sark you. And this is where I, and I want to be clear. There's a difference between coach Sark and play caller Sark. Coach Sark has done a great job with this team. The culture, the culture is holding this team together. That was a culture win against Houston. It was a culture win against K-State. It was a culture win against TCU. But Sark, the play caller, fourth downs, maybe you just try to pad the lead with field goals and, and running the football because you're going to have to run the football. Like you're going to have to see if Jaden blue is a better pass protector in games than he is in practice. You're going to have to see if, you know, Jaden blue can run a, run a wheel router, CJ backs, you know, you're going to have to do some of the stuff that, that, uh, and maybe there's stuff they're better at that you haven't had to show yet. Yeah. You know, we know that Jonathan Brooks is great at the the fake, you know, fake right throwback left screen and 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 he's made a killing on that this year. Maybe there's something else that CJ and Jaden Blue are really good at that can be unearthed or unleashed this week. And everyone's going to be like, oh, oh, okay. All right. I mean, you've got this, you got this offensive line, you've got this, you know, ability to protect and run. So let's go, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the, you know, Sark was talking about after the TCU game, we got to work on our killer instinct. Okay. Well, help help them help them have a killer instinct by playing complimentary football and running the football. And cause that's the, that's the thing. I know Texas is great at throwing the football. Okay. Quinn yours, AD Mitchell, Xavier worthy. If I had those guys, I'd want to throw it every down too, but you're playing with a quarterback. who has got an AC joint sprain and he's not right. He's not, he's out there gutting it out for his brothers and, Help him. Don't. Jesus, really? You're throwing a 35-yard fade ball to AD Mitchell on third and 12? I get it. It worked. But. Not. Don't push it
1: with Quinn <laughs> I mean, good gravy. Yeah. Let's Yo, go. Run the ball. That's what I'm saying. And, like, a couple of those passes that he threw, thank goodness he has just crazy talent around them. Cause that pass to J T Sanders, I want to say it was another third and twelve. And J T Sanders, it was behind them, but J T Sanders put his big ass paws and turned around and caught that thing to keep on moving the chains. And it was like, all right, Quinn, like, <laughs> all right, bro. Then he had one where he just kind of lofted in the air to Xavier Worthy coming on a crossing the route. The one that got intercepted? No, 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 not that one. It almost got intercepted. Um I don't remember exactly when it was, oh. but it was a weird, it was a weird throw because if he would have just hit Xavier Worthy in stride, it would have been on the money, but it was floating in the air so long, it allowed Newton to you know come back to it and make a play. And yeah, you just Sark sometimes I think he just gets ahead of himself, man. And you're right. I'm glad that you you broke it down perfectly right there, my brother. Sark the play caller and Sark the head coach are two completely different guys. And those are, we kind of saw it too many times last year, but they ended up in losses. So nobody said anything. This team looking really good in the first half. And then in the second half, you don't know what happens. It's like the adjustments that the opposing coach makes Sark and his coaching staff can't make adjustments to that. Can't do it in game. Like, that's where some of the best coaches make their money. You've got to be able to adjust in game from play to play, quarter to quarter. That's just what it is. And we're starting to weirdly see it this year. And you're right. You can't count the Kansas State game as much. Jonathan Brooks fumbled. You know, Malik Murphy throwing interceptions. But U of H, this past game against TCU, it's like, all right, guys. We got to figure out when this team makes adjustments, because they are, that's what happens. That's what coaching is. When you're getting your ass whooped and you're down 20 points, you probably should go to your coaching staff and be like, hey, what can we do better? What can we do different? What are they doing to us that we need to stop? And when that happens, You need to say, okay, they're stopping what we're doing now, but what they're doing now, what are we going to do to overcome that? And it seems like Steve Sarkeesian has just really struggled with that at times during his Texas tenure. So, I mean, you know, things could be worse. You cannot have a job like right now, like the guy down there at College Station. I mean, (laughs) you know, like Texas, they're in a good spot for all the adversity that they've had. Jalen Catalan still ain't back yet. You saw that, you know, uh, uh, Keelan Robinson, he didn't play this past Saturday. They could have used him, especially when Jonathan Brooks went out the game. You know what I'm saying? And so – It's going to be interesting to know what his health uh, uh, progress is coming in this game. And, yeah, I, I just think that this team, they have some toughness to them. They do, but sometimes they don't have that killer instinct like you would want to have. That's why, hey, if I'm the coach, we're watching Kobe tape all week. Talk about killer instinct. I always hear those guys talking about Kobe and stuff like that. Hey, let's watch some Kobe tape then. I know it's basketball and stuff, but that dude had the most killer instinct, maybe of anyone in any type of professional sport, if you don't count Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and Tiger Woods. So yeah, let's watch. Let's watch all those guys with the killer instinct and see if we Sark could it can rub off on them. Sark has
0: shown them the Kobe jobs not finished video. Okay, you know, when he was up when he was up two zero in the playoff series, and why aren't you happy? Jobs not finished. Haven't accomplished anything yet. And, and that's, that's where, that's where this team absolutely needs to be. And they have not, the only one who's been there is A.D. Mitchell. And you almost want to say to A.D., okay, A.D., you take over now. You lead us, you show us how it's done because we're faking it till we make it. You know, we're, we're trying, we're trying to act like we know, but you know, no, yeah. we just think we know. And let's, you know, you, this is where you look at this, you look at Byron Murphy, you look at Tavondre Sweat. This is where you want everyone to take on their mentality. Cause those two were the MVPs of the TCU game. In my opinion, Byron Murphy, I mean, Tavondre Sweat got the first sack. Byron Murphy got the second sack. Ethan Burke, um, no, I, I, Trill Carter got the other sack, but Ethan Burke was Whoa. in the backfield. You know, that defensive line is is a monster. And this whole team needs to take on that personality. But I cannot emphasize this enough. Steve Sarkeesian has to help them. He has got to help them. Steve, the, Steve the play caller has got to help this offense and this team by – playing complimentary football, managing the game so that he doesn't have a tired defense out there that already apparently is having communication issues. They they cannot, they can't afford to make a mistake this week, not against this defense because it's, I'm just saying I'm glad that Quinn Ewers is making this trip because he's seen this defense before and it's no picnic. It's no picnic. And and Steve Sarkisian, um, you know, he talked today. Like, he knows this defense inside and out. He knows it's what it's built on. He better know. But I don't know why, you know, people haven't been able to figure it out. Or maybe they don't have the talent to execute against it. But Iowa State's defense – year in and year out since twenty seventeen when John Haycock unveiled this 3-8 cloud has been the best pass defense in the Big 12. And and here here comes Texas with two of the best receivers they've had in I don't know how many years. Probably dating back to I mean Devin DuVernay, little
1: Humphrey, Yeah, well Jordan, Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson were pretty darn good. Yeah.
0: Um but this is, you know, this is going to be a challenge. And Texas is a seven and a half point favorite. They opened as an eight and a half point favorite. It's already down to seven and a half, and I'm sure that came on the news of Jonathan Brooks being out for the year. the I, The thing I would love to ask Jonathan was: it was the tackle by Mark Perry. He grabbed that right foot, and he was kind of twisting it as he tackled him like he had a he had a chokehold on that on that right leg and i, I don't know it looked like that might have been a dirty situation but cuz he didn't plant and lose it you know yeah it was he it looked like a routine play until you watch the tackle and mark perry's like you know, yeah, but
1: which, like, you know, I I hate to think that it was dirty. It's easy to think that it was dirty, but if you're a Perry, you're you're trying to tackle the guy that leads the nation and miss tackles. Yeah, so to get them down any way possible. You know that's just kind of the mentality, and yeah, it looked bad, and it happened to be bad. So now you speculate, you know, what was his intentions, really? So yeah, I don't know. That's just such an unfortunate situation for Jonathan Brooks and this Texas ball club. But yeah, um, you know, when you play that three, you know, three five defense. A lot of teams don't have the patience to methodically move the ball. Like, you got to really hit those intermediate and short routes. And, you know, the deep ball is very hard to do in that type of off, I mean, that type of defense. I and mean, we you know Steve Sarkeesian loves to throw the deep ball. And I think that's where the issue has been with we'll Stark having problems with these defenses. Plus, you have a young quarterback majority of the time trying to make plays happen. You know, with this offense and going against that 3 uh, three, 3 5. So I I think AD Mitchell, John, I mean, uh, excuse me, JT Sanders should be huge in this game for just those intermediate throws across the middle of the field. Jordan Witherton, which Jay Witt, yeah, I'm with you, run the ball 34. Like it might be one of those Jay Witt games because the dude definitely wants it. Talk about wanting to win a Big 12 championship. You saw that with his effort to smoke the tackle on the Quinn Ewers interception and then to get back into play and force the fumble. That was one of the best plays that I've seen a wide receiver make that had nothing to do with catching the ball. Like, that's winning football right there. And Jordan yeah. Wenderton, who, you know, you were saying at one point the year, maybe we should get rid of some of his reps. I understand that just because he can become invisible in this offense. Well, he had a couple Man, drops. All the talent. Yeah, that well, was now, yeah. That hey, was behind look, him. that was tough. But yeah. That was
0: that was earlier. He had his ten catch game against OU. He looked great. He's he's all effort. Now he's not getting any targets. Like he didn't have he didn't have a single reception.
1: No, he had one target, and it was going through it behind them. Okay, one target. It drop. Yeah, it, it looked like a drop, but it was a bad throw by Quinn.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is you know, all hands on deck. But I want I will say this in in this game, you've got to this the defense has got to get to Rocco Becked. They've got to shake this kid up and and beat him up. I mean, that uh you gotta get him. Yeah, they the blew
1: out BYU with that uh, Radcliffe playing quarterback, BYU's backup. It wasn't even Keen Slovis. I'm like, damn, Keaton Slovis, he already struggles, you know, himself. But if they're going to their backup, then Kalani Sataki, yeah, that was ugly. They brought the black jerseys out and everything. And my man had a pick, one of the first plays of the game. Rodcliffe, whatever the hell his name is, the backup for BYU, and Iowa State was already in BYU territory, and they scored really quick. So that game, it was over before it even started. And it's hard to look at that game and say, okay, they got BYU, who's been struggling. They got their best shot because, again, the Cougars backup beyond suspect. Like he yeah. – Wow. That's a that was a tough showing because I, I watched that game this morning and good good lord. <laughs> that, that was a tough watch, man. That was a tough watch, boy. Cause that back up there. Woof, mm, yeah. He struggled, to say the least. And Quinn Ewers, whatever percentage that he is, is ten times better than what BYU threw out there uh, the other night. So yeah, I I don't think Iowa State's seen an offense like Texas, even without Jonathan Brooks. Like all that you have to account for with the wide receivers, you know, like anybody could go off at any moment. It's just about start calling the right plays at the right time.
0: Yeah, I mean, you go back to Iowa State's game against Kansas um two games ago. And Kansas got a pick six off of Rocco Beck. Um, and that came early in the second quarter and, and then they were able to hold off Iowa state and they won it 28, 21. That's what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, getting, getting to Rocco Beck, getting him to make that big mistake, uh, because Texas has the defense to, um, to make you pay. And this is a game where, you can help yourself a ton by getting Iowa State to turn it over and they're not they they are awesome in turnover margin they're tied with Oklahoma at plus 9 plus 9 on the season I mean they they take the ball away they don't give it away and in that Kansas game they got Rocco Beck to give it away and and make him pay for it and the defense did it they score and that man anytime you don't have to score against the iowa state defense that's a big old plus um all right let me tell you what else is a plus how about apple leasing getting into the car you really want to be driving and you're picking any maker model of car you're getting into a brand new car a better car than you thought you could afford because you're not paying for the future trade-in value of that car And did I mention you're picking any make or model of car? There's nothing like Apple leasing. You're not going to find it anywhere else. It is the brainchild of my man, Scott Crossett. They've been doing it for 30 plus years. And everybody loves Apple leasing because they're getting into a better car than they thought they could afford. And it's a brand new car because a lot of people were like me. I would never buy a new car because I was like, I'm not paying for that future trading value. I'm going to get a used car. I'm going to get all the depreciation out of it so that I'm only paying for the value of the car. Okay, well, you can do that and you can do it with Apple leasing. And it's a new car and you're under warranty. You're not paying for repairs. You're just loving life. You're riding around like you're in your living room and your friends are going, what's up, man? New car? You're like, yeah, Apple leasing. Oh yeah. If you want to keep your payments in the $400 range or go get a range Rover, they're going to get you whatever you want. You're going to be happy and you're going to be in traffic. So you need to love the car you're in. Just give them a call. 346-9977, appleleasing.com. Check out the you know inventory. You can chat online, answer, they'll answer any questions. And look, they'll talk. They don't care what car you pick. If you go to a dealership, they're going to want you to buy their car. They're not going to let you leave the lot. Don't lease from a dealership because they're not going to let you out of that lease if you want to change, making model of car. Lease from Apple Leasing. They'll lease fleets too. Okay? They got everything for you. 346-9977. AppleLeasing.com. Tell them Chip Brown sent you. All right, Zay, we got a lot to get into, my man. We'll come back to Texas football, but Jimbo Fisher is out. And, um, I'm going to do the, uh, the chip shot.
1: Oh, uh, boo hoo! I hope he wipes his tears with those hundred dollar bills. Oh no, he's happy. Yeah, man. That oh, he's, buyout. he's
0: ecstatic. He's like, Oh, just pay me the money. Yeah. Let man. me get away from this place. And that's, I'll, I'll come back to that. But, um, texas a and i A&M, I'm just saying, You better know what you're doing here. And you better not let people find out what the chancellor, John Sharp, is really like running that place. They're looking for their fifth president since 2020.
1: Damn.
0: Let that sink in. Let that sink in. So.
1: How long has uh, Jay Hartzell been here?
0: Jay Hartzell was named president in uh september of 2020.
1: okay he was interim
0: he was interim before that um when when greg fenvis left to go to emory they made Hartzell the interim and so he's really been the president like since uh 2019.
1: damn and there's been five A and M presidents. <laughs> since they're looking.
0: They're looking for their fifth.
1: Why is that?
0: Well, the um, chancellor ran off uh, one of them. Then they had an interim. Then they had a, a female president who they ended up. She had some uh, indiscretions that caused her to resign.
1: Oh, she had the OnlyFans? Come on, and them Let her have the OnlyFans. Come on. And so
0: they're on another interim president. And they had the same Board of Regents meeting last Thursday where they basically decided in a very narrow vote. This was not a unanimous decision to get rid of Jimbo because of the buyout. Yeah. Um, they have not set a course for finding their new president. That's all. Uh, my man, John Sharp, the chancellor, the former Texas comptroller, I covered him when I was covering the legislature, um, when he was the state comptroller and he is, he's something else. Um, we'll get to that, but, uh, I'm just saying Aggies, you better, you better know what you're doing and it's, uh, yeah. And, and. Look, I wrote this this morning. Texas, don't think that Texas being nine and one with a win over Alabama and about to join the SEC didn't play a role in in the timing of this. Zay, they fired Jimbo after a fifty one to ten win.
1: I know. I was like, they back. Here we go. Like Jimbo and probably they, popping champagne in the locker room with the team and stuff, smoking cigars. That was a good win. Great win.
0: Great win. Yeah, fifty-one to ten. That Mississippi State team beat Arkansas, and don't forget Texas A&M beat Auburn earlier this year. Yeah. Auburn's playing some pretty good football right now, and they have Connor Wegman, who's hurt, who looked pretty darn good. Beat beat LSU last year. Um, has has a chance to be a, a difference maker at quarterback, and he's been hurt since week four. I'm just saying they didn't want Jimbo to beat Abilene Christian and then find a way to beat LSU. They wanted to get rid of him before it looked really stupid because remember when LSU fired less miles, they, they like he was doing fine and they just wanted him gone. And, and so they fired him, the timing was off, everything. This is the same exact thing. They just wanted him gone. They didn't want him winning and getting to eight and four. And I'm just telling you, there, this was not a unanimous decision at AM. and there, there are people there who are like, what are we doing? $77 million to get rid of this guy? Is it really this bad? I mean, and they're going to have to pay him 11.9 million like by the end of the year. And then they got to pay him 7 million and then they're paying, and then they pay him another 7 million. I mean, it's like it's spread out over eight years so that they can get their increased sec money uh, to help pay some of this off. But they are, I'm just saying Texas helped in this because Sharp is remember this is the guy John Sharp I'm kind of doing the whole chip shot right now anyway um but he he's the one who gave Jimbo the national championship plaque with the with the date blank and he said you you fill in the date yeah that was a good move John Sharp
1: <laughs>
0: for a guy who's so smart and so politically savvy and so vindictive and controlling that probably wasn't the right move because now it looks like a uh, complete punchline move but AM is not a stable place right now and this is why Texas struggled this is why Texas was a a sieve from 2013 on because there was no unanimity in the leadership there's no alignment and so they they get rid of you know Mac Brown Steve Patterson wanted to keep Mac Brown the big money guys were like nope Mac's got to go and then Patterson doesn't consult the big money guys he ends up hiring Charlie Strong who had a good run at Louisville because he had Teddy Bridgewater you got to like you got to really take a look and i hear that A&M loves Dan Lanning okay well Dan Lanning good defensive mind But his two years at Oregon have come with Bo Nix, who's a high-quality quarterback, transferred from Auburn. He's been really good at Oregon. But is that the body of work? Do you know enough about Dan Lanning and his ability to recruit, hire? Remember, his OC is Will Stein, who used to be the – offensive coordinator at Lake Travis and then went to UTSA and got hired by Oregon at UTSA. I'm not saying Will Stein's not the greatest thing ever, but, you know, there's no sure thing in life, but you've got to, you got to really do your homework to know that this guy or whoever they hire can make great staff hires and have, elite coaches on both sides of the ball because am has got a loaded roster and they need to make a move fast to keep that roster together because everyone's coming to pick it apart i mean every school is already like oh who do we want who, who are we going to go after who's who's their nil agent Who who do i call you know and and so i'm watching this i'm eating popcorn i'm like oh hell Here we go, you know, because if it's me, I'm going to let Jimbo get a year with Connor Wegman. I'm going to make sure that my defensive staff is right. Remember, their defensive line coach died right at the beginning of the, you know, season. And if Jimbo needed to make some changes, whatever, you know, 77 million, Zay? It's the largest yeah. buyout in, like, it's it's the largest buyout in college athletics history. It might be the largest buyout in pro sports history. I don't
1: know. Yeah, 76.8 million? Yo, that's one of those, when Jimbo walks in the room, you go, this son of a bitch. Like, you got to really hate that dude to get rid of him for $77 million. Like, you got to really despise the dude to get rid of him for that much money. And, yeah, Dan Lanning is doing a good job up in Eugene and stuff, but, I mean, it's a different atmosphere when you come down to College Station, and does Dan Lanning understand that until your point of every good coach you know has good players regardless Like, and has a little bit of luck with that. Like, Connor Wegman's been hurt. He's supposed to be the person that saves it all. So, they didn't give a damn. They said, Jimbo, you're the coach. Make Mac Johnson better. How about that? So... Hey, it clearly hasn't worked out. If I'm Jimbo Fisher, I'm taking some of my millions and giving it to Jameis Winston and some of those guys on that Florida State team that helped Jimbo have the big-time name that he had with all that momentum coming in to College Station. But yeah, it's. I mean, and Jeff Trailer.
0: I, I think Jeff Trailer is is a fallback. I mean, I think they're gonna try to money whip a guy like Dan Lanning, pay him eleven million dollars. Because here's the thing, Zay. If Jimbo talks, like if people call Jimbo and say, hey man, what's going on down there? And Jimbo tells the truth. I don't know how many coaches are happy at AM, honestly. It's not a it's not a thriving, vibrant place, and it should be. Like just taking forget who I cover. I've covered things at AM. I've been to that campus. I, I covered when they moved Reveille's grave for the Associated Press. I wrote that story. That school has awesome history, tradition. It's a top research institution. It's one of the three largest universities in our country. It's they love their animals,
1: big time veterinarian. Yeah, I
0: mean, University. look they have some really weird stuff like fish camp and those yells yeah. but by god the the aggie faithful and they 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 love that school they'll do anything for that school the atmosphere at those games is off the charts i just i just wonder if people are going to catch on yeah and they love me <laughs> Because I'm the only one who tells the truth about my man, John Sharp. And I've had people say, he's going to come after you. He's going to, he's got a private investigator and all. I'm like, bring it on. He can pay for my retirement, you know? Like <laughs> It's, I'm just saying, that's not a good place to, to, to work. It looks good on paper. Um, I thought Jimbo was doing A pretty good job can all things considered um and look he didn't get the quarterback right and neither did Jim Harbaugh for seven years and then he did you know I mean Dabo Sweeney didn't win a national title until what year seven Mac didn't until year eight there's no patience anymore um I don't know but I got my popcorn I'm watching
1: because
0: 76.8 million dollar buyout that that does not happen without John Sharp's blessing not only his blessing his encouragement and John Sharp former state comptroller he'll find a way to move money around the A&M system to pay for this he'll probably take it from another school and then that president will be like hey where's that money and Sharp will be like shut up just
1: dang, go down to AM Corpus Christi, Commerce, take yeah. money from those guys, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Prayer View, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sharp knows how to m- create new accounts to make the accounting look like, oh, look at all this money we saved. But I'm just saying,
1: yeah, yo, at least at least Sumlin had a Hosman winner. I know right? they like to compare Jimbo to Sumlin, but he had Johnny. Oh, right, we need to say hey, you and I need to go
0: take Kevin someone out for well now
1: for real. That's my god, man. Even though he was coaching them, I love the we always got stretch coming on, hating on the visors. Yo, a brother and a visor, that's a tough thing to pull off. And he did that. So I know he's out here coaching one of them bootleg USFL or XFL leagues, but yeah, man, he deserves some type of a, an apology. You know what I'm saying? Because how they... Oh, he got he got buyout him. money. Yeah, he got buyout money, but the way they be talking about him, like he didn't do shit, and the way Jimbo was all praised and stuff before it, you know, it hit the fan. Yeah, at least he got a Hosman Trophy winner. What did Jimbo do? Nothing. Nothing. Got a what? worse record. Mo' money. Come Since
0: 2013? Yeah. Jimbo's. But, hey, he got... Uh, I think Jimbo got divorced, so he's going to get Damn. to keep. He's going to get to keep all this money to himself because he's already divorced.
1: Now nah, you got to give some to the ex, though. You know what I'm saying? You gotta well, give depend, to depends.
0: If he gets divorced in the state of Texas, they cap it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, huh? <laughs>
0: hey, don't get divorced in California. You got to pay him forever. Oh, get shit. divorced in the state of Texas. Yeah.
1: Yeah, y'all don't, remember that big divorce. Yeah, you remember that big ass ring Kobe bought, homegirl. R.I.P. God bless his soul. But when Kobe got caught up in that Colorado stuff, he said, "Yo, I ain't getting no divorce. We gonna work this out." Here's that big ass ring for you, Vanessa. And they did. Shaq got hit though. Shaq got hit rough. She went and started the whole reality show with his money. So,
0: yeah, I mean, someone had a better six year record than Jimbo, by the way.
1: Whew. Oh, yeah. 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 I
0: saw that. You know, and I look Kevin Sumlin. Everyone would love to go have a beer with Kevin Sumlin. Just make sure he has a driver. Damn. But, (laughs) no, I love Sumlin.
1: I got his. I got his number. He's a. Yeah, hit him up, man. Give him on the show. Ask him how he feels about the situation, you know, because he's living good. Jimbo about to be living good, man. Now he ain't going to be stressed, stressed out. He ain't got to worry about players smoking the chronic you know, in the locker room. He ain't got to worry about players driving 50 miles per hour in garages. He ain't got to worry about none of that stuff, man. See? All that stuff that just added white hairs to the scalp every day. He ain't got to worry about that no more. Now he can go live by the lake somewhere, enjoy the fruits of his labor, because there's some serious fruit there, some serious fruit. This
0: comes in on the CODA text line, 512-222-9328, Circuit of the Americas, baby. The coach the Aggie should hire is Gary Patterson. GP would strike fear in Longhorn Nation. They could even run out the 2024 game versus the Longhorns, a new special Aggie maroon that was purple. Uh, Instead, the Aggies will probably hire Coach Prime, no, or or Urban Meyer, and proclaim themselves de facto 2026 national champions.
1: Nah, Coach Prime don't want that. He need freedom. He got freedom at Colorado. Yeah, they.
0: Yeah, Prime don't don't get that
1: freedom. He ain't going to get that freedom. It, they might act like he is just like when you get recruited and stuff and the coaches are trying to wine and dine you and everybody's cool. And then once you get on campus, you get an earful. Nah, man, prime. Don't do it. The money might look good, but you ain't that broke. I don't know how he spent his paper. his NFL money. I know he got 20 kids or something, but nah, prime. You ain't that broke, bro. Like they will try to take over all that all them rappers and all them celebrities that be on campus you think they're gonna go to college station hell no hey <laughs> hell no you think they're gonna this? be invited hell nah. no no nah. rappers and you think they're gonna be invited all them boosters and AM, you think they're gonna let little uzi vert walk in and stuff like that no nah.
0: Now he needs to be where weed is legal and everything's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Yeah, got, he needs some more. Yeah. Don't,
0: don't go a little under too
1: conservative a, for prom at and
0: Don't go under the Gestapo of John Sharp. Um, and Mississippi State fired their coach. Now they lost fifty-one to ten. I understand, and it's sad because Zach Arnett only had a job because of the passing of Mike Leach, the legend. The myth the uh, hilarious one and only mike leach but you can kind of understand why mississippi state is moving on and they lost 51 to 10 but a fired their coach before zach arnett got fired at mississippi state and he won <laughs> i'm
1: like damn aggies oh my gosh yeah that's cold
0: like you're making me ask how many Aggies it takes to screw in a light bulb, because mm. y'all are like tripping over yourselves to get rid of this guy before he wins any more games. Because A and M's
1: had LSU's number a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah. Too much talent. You know they. You know once they started paying the kids all that money. And once the five stars started coming in, and he couldn't do much with the five stars, like there's too much talent there in College Station. And once the talent gets there, you're like, "Damn, we've given you all this money, and we giving these brothers all this money too, and y'all ain't doing shit with it." Something got to change. Something got to change. Like I understand getting frustrated because we know Jimbo got paid, but Evan Stewart, all those guys that that really good recruiting class, number one, you know, what was it? 2022 class. That was number one yeah. in the nation. Like that don't happen every day in college station. So and the,
0: the thing about Jimbo Jimbo's a good talker. Like he's good with the media. He's quick. He, he went after Nick. Like he's like, Oh, Nick doesn't want us former assistants talking about life at Alabama. Like Nick, I mean, Jimbo, Jimbo can hold his own like ay 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 be careful what you wish for Aggies I'm just saying I'm like what did Jimbo do to make them want to pay 76.8 million when he's got a I don't know he's got a loaded roster like you want to let that roster marinate just a little
1: bit yeah that defense is tough man yeah that defense, they're tough, bro. It seemed yeah. like after the Miami game, they started figuring things out, you know? Yeah, because I
0: guarantee you, Jimbo went in there and told DJ Durkin, I'm about to fire your
1: ass because they're pissed at me. I'm going to fire you. No, yo, they, they probably said, yo, you better fire this dude. And he was like, nah, I ain't going to do it, Jesse. I'll let him know, but I ain't going to fire him. That might have been it, too. Durkin should have got the boot, and Jimbo was like, no, I can't fire no dude during the season. I get into the year. We'll get rid of him. But during the season, they're like, all right, Jimbo. All right. We'll see.
0: It says, is Petrino still on the staff?
1: Hell, yeah. He's calling the plays. Yeah. I don't know who's the interim
0: head coach, but.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, we haven't heard no Petrino on Scooter Stories. You know what I'm saying? Like. Chippo could have had another year, but they can't – those boosters and stuff, Chip, they cannot see the Longhorns go on the Kyle field and win that game. They don't even want to – they don't even want to chance it. They don't even want to – like, they, they're they probably thinking about that in the future for 2024, and they're like, oh, my God. If that team comes in here and beats us, that that ain't, they can't have it.
0: Because no, you know it's going to be at the end of the every- year – he wakes up every day trying to figure out how to move Aggie land ahead of the 40 acres. Yeah. I mean, Oh, this, okay. I'm, this is the chip shot early. So Eric Hyman was the athletic director there in 2013 when they were doing the renovation at Kyle field. And John Sharp said, we're going to a capacity of 102,000. And Eric Hyman said, cause Kyle field used to be 82,000. And and change and eric hyman said well all the studies are showing that live attendance is decreasing like pro stadiums are right at 75 80 000. he's like i think we're good at 82 and sharp said we will have the largest college stadium in the state of texas don't ever <laughs> question me again and hyman was gone two years later damn and they brought in Scott Woodward, who had a great relationship with Jimbo because he was at LSU when Jimbo was at LSU. And and Scott Woodward brought in Jimbo. Jimbo felt comfortable because Scott Woodward was there. And then Scott Woodward got the AD's job at LSU and left. And he went and hired Brian Kelly. And things are looking Okay, at LSU, I mean, it's not a great year, but Jaden Daniels might win the freaking Heisman. So it's, uh, it, I, I'm, you're right, you're right, Zay. They they are agonizing over Texas being 9-1, and one, looking like they might go to the college football playoff and roll into the SEC with momentum. And I guarantee you, John Sharp was like, I can't. Nope. We're done. We have to, (laughs) we got to find someone better.
1: Oh man. He sounds like a bully man. Oh, he sounds like a flat out bully.
0: He is scary. And I guarantee you that's why they've had, they're looking for their fifth president since 2020.
1: Somebody on the Coda text line called Sumlin Pudgy Summy. What? was that his name? Well, I know he, he was, has a little bit of a gut, but yeah. you know he likes to drink a little bit. But damn, y'all cold.
0: That was, I think that was Bucky's nickname for him.
1: Oh wow! Because
0: Summy, Summy Sumlin, they used to call him because he was, you know, putting on a couple lbs, whatever. But, look, Sumlin, you know, he had Cliff working for him. He had Jake Spavita. I mean, people liked working for, for Kevin Sumlin. He had good staffers. David Beatty. I mean, um, I mean, look, they had a good offense with Johnny Manziel.
1: Johnny. Yo, you got to be a good coach if your quarterback don't even study the playbook and win the Hosman. Like, you got to be – a something has to be there. I know everybody just thinks that Johnny was out there playing that Sandlot shit, but something has to give if you have a quarterback that we know wasn't studying. We know wasn't watching film. It is a fact that Johnny Menzel really didn't give a damn when it came to off of the field. But well, what
0: did Cliff say to him when he was drunk at the
1: – Northgate?
0: He, yeah, he's like, well – you better go out there and play your ass off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he did. And he did. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody gives Kingsbury the credit. No, someone did something. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. And CB telling us that Johnny praised Jimbo on Twitter today. Well, I mean, I don't know what he said, but
0: I just wonder if this got- is gonna cause Aggie Land to to look at sharp and say are you really the right guy to lead our and i'll I'll tell you it's a crazy story but rick perry the longest tenured governor in the history of our state former yell leader is the one who pushed for to make sharp the chancellor because he was trying to extend an olive branch because perry beat sharp for the lieutenant governor's you know, race in 1998 and Sharp never got over it. And Perry became Lieutenant Governor and, and then, you know, became the longest tenured governor in our state. And Perry apparently told Sharp, if I don't win the White House in 16, I'll come be the president at A&M and you'll be the chancellor. And we'll ride off into the sunset. And as soon as Perry said that sharp got rid of every department head who was loyal to Rick Perry and blackballed Perry. Like Perry's not an active participant at A&M because of sharp. And no one talks about it in Aggieland because they're all so unified and we don't talk crap about ourselves, but it's a problem. And some of the big money guys at A&M know it's a problem and It's the fact that this was like a 5-4 vote by the Regents tells me Sharp still got the Regents chair. And he usually puts the Regents chair and the Vice Regents chair on this bank board where they get some preferential treatment. I mean, Sharp is a smart, savvy, political piranha. And he will, I mean, he knows how to He knows how to work every angle. I mean, every angle. He is a politician's politician. He's the reason I say no elected official should ever be a president of a university because these elected officials are so privileged and they're so used to having everybody cater to them and serve them when they're in office that when they become the head of a university, they act like everyone should be serving them. No, you should be empowering everyone at that university to make it the best it can be. And he's about, we're doing it my way.
1: It's toxic. Y'all can suck it. <laughs> yeah, that's toxic, man. With all the news with Jonathan Brooks and stuff, this did put a smile on my face yesterday. This really, this put a huge smile on my face. Because I don't feel bad for Jimbo one bit. Again, he gets $77 million to be fired. Like, I, I wonder have- if they make him sign an,
0: a non-disclosure agreement.
1: So, you don't talk? I mean, you know, you don't want to mess the money up in any way. So, you might as well just go off into the sunset, you know. What's Ed Orgeron doing? We're we thinking about coaches right now. What's Ed O doing? Oh, he's probably he's sitting one on the of beach. those blonde bimbo that he has. Oh, yeah.
0: He's just got a bimbo parade with yeah, all that buyout man. money he got from LSU. Hey, I said it when I was covering the Cowboys. My dream was to get fired by Jerry Jones and just get some buyout money,
1: Yeah, you know? Hell, yeah.
0: But this, $76.8 million? Mm. Come on, Zay.
1: That's lotto money. Yeah. That's lotto jackpot money. Yep. Because you did a bad job. You getting that because you did a bad job. Which, again to your point, I'm I mean, Like I would have rolled it out. It ain't that bad. Yeah, it right. ain't that bad. Right. It could be worse. He's an 8-win coach in the yeah. SEC. Yeah. It could be worse. He's 6 and worse. 4.
0: He's 4 and 3 in the SEC this right now. Like and if he beats LSU, he's 5 and 3, he's
1: going to finish 8 and 4. Like Yo, I respect the A&M. Because you've always been a little brother, so that standard, y'all are setting the standard like, hey, whatever's going on now ain't acceptable for nobody. I don't give a damn how much we pay you. It's not acceptable, which, is again, is why the job is so toxic because are the expectations a little unrealistic? It kind of seems that way. When the, the chancellor hands th- you
0: a national championship plaque and tells you to fill in the date?
1: Which, like, when was the last time they won a national championship? Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even think the Junction boys were getting close to that. And they were getting abused by Bear Bryant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He didn't give a damn. Those dudes were getting uh, uh, um, heat uh, heat strokes on the field. And Bear Bryant was like, get your ass up. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're getting back to those harsh times.
0: Hey, and Zay... Sharp is the reason that the SEC didn't alert a and about Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC until the last possible minute. And that's why Sharp leaked it to the Houston Chronicle right during SEC media days to try to, like, drum up a drumbeat to, like, get it to stop. And, it, of course, it didn't because Greg Sankey had it all lined up and ready to go. And then that whole thing about A&M getting the first home game against Texas. Sharp leaked that, too, because he wanted everyone to know. You know, I mean, Sharp, he's hes just, it's, it's a blank measuring contest with him every day with Texas. Yeah. And he's really good. Like, he's a really good politician. He's gotten all these federal programs into A&M. I think he got, like, the national weather system to move some money into A&M and he's smart like that he knows how to get all these research grants and everything like that but he cannot stand texas being over yeah insecure aggie he is an insecure ego maniac aggie i'm just saying this is gonna be fun to watch
1: sounds like the dude that stands right next to you at the urinal and has to take a peek just so he can compare You know, like you never like that guy. You never like always watch out for that guy. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? Oh, oh, nothing, nothing,
0: nothing. That's John Sharp. Wow, man. All right. You know what? You know where you should get a drink? You should get a drink. It's Salt Traders Coastal Cooking tonight. All night happy hour. All night happy hour. I went by Salt Traders Coastal Cooking in Round Rock, the grilled oysters, the new orleans barbecue shrimp that's all on the beginnings menu and you're getting five dollars off the beginnings menu tonight well every day happy hour from 3 30 to 6 30 you're getting five dollars off the beginnings menu but all night happy hour tonight so you take take your date to salt traders keep an eye on you know monday night football but just enjoy that that beginnings menu because you're getting the you know, the grilled oysters the new orleans barbecue shrimp the chowda fries it's so good just order that family style and you're going to be eating like a king and queen salt traders coastal cooking um and don't forget about look for all you team managers coaches flag football coaches the brain vault mouth guard this is how you keep your kids safe from a concussion look the BrainVault mouth guard developed by Dr. Greg Eckert right here in Austin, Texas, is now the mouth guard worn by Bijan Robinson and so many others in the NFL. Your child needs it, too, because it is patented. It is proven to protect your um, your child, whoever's wearing a BrainVault mouth guard, from the effects of concussion. I've been fitted for a BrainVault mouth guard. It fits so beautifully. Um, you you could wear it all day, every day. And look, if you've got cheerleaders who are flying through the air and are susceptible or risk concussion, they have, you have the upper and lower mouth guard, but they can wear the lower mouth guard so they can keep their smile perfectly intact. Um, You know, you know how cheerleaders are. They don't want to look like they're wearing a, a mouth guard. Dr. Eckert gets it. But to look, they'll come to you. They'll do group fittings, brainvault.com. Um And uh, And Zay, I've kind of done an extended chip shot there. so yeah, well done. Why don't we uh, let's get to the right call, my man, the right
1: call yeah man definitely i get to the right call before i do though shout out to covert b cave and the covert auto group been around for over a hundred years and providing the greater austin area people with just a high quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles go visit the crew dan and the crew down there at covert beat cave beautiful 42 acres in the hill country and they got seven terrific brands to choose from from buick gmc chrysler dodge cadillac jeep and ram you will get hooked up at covert beat cave so if you want to go see all the latest specials and inventory go to covertbeatcave.com and you can check that out nobody beats a covert deal not now not ever All right, Chip, so let's go to the NBA a little bit. I heard something that was very interesting to me from one of the Mavs broadcasters this past week, talking about James Harden, which if you haven't checked in on the Clippers, Ever since they got James Harden, they are 0-4. Like I told you, Chip, if you start all four of those guys, it's probably not going to work. And Ty Lue has decided to start all four of those guys. Those four, I mean, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, uh, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. You cannot start Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same team. That's just not going to work at this point of their career. Maybe five years ago, yes. Now, absolutely not. So it's just cramping the Clippers' style. And... The Mavs broadcaster, Brian Damaris, Deamaris? I don't know his name. You might know him, but uh, he worked for Bally with the Mavs. And he had this to say about James Harden. I'm going to play it on bootleg. It's a little long, so we might cut it short, but he felt a certain way about James Harden. Check it out.
2: For someone to believe in me, like Daryl Morey believed in you. You wanted a certain coach, they brought in Mike D'Antoni. You want to play a certain style, they played it. You wanted Dwight Howard. They brought him in and got rid of him and you were tired of him. You wanted Chris Paul. They brought him in and got rid of him and you were tired of him. They brought in your old friend, Russell Westbrook. You want to go to Vegas on off days. They looked away. You wanted the team to stay over so you could go out at night. They changed the schedule and it didn't work. And you know what? You said, I'm going to break up with my Whoopie. Not- Good enough. I see the bright lights in New York. I want to go there. My old pal, Kevin Durant. It's going to work, the big three. And all after one year, you wanted out. You realized, oh my gosh, I took this guy for granted, the guy that believed in me. I went back with Daryl Morey. They traded Ben Simmons for you. How did they pull that off? And you know what? You went there and you got a partner who got the MVP. He won the MVP. And what did you say afterwards? You said, They didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You're holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in Game 7 against Boston. You blew a 3-2 series lead. So they they fired their coach. Not good enough. You broke up with the guy believing you again. You said, the bright lights of L.A., that's where I want to go. Let's see if that works. Listen, James, have you ever had those friends who had bad roommates? Over and over, they complained about their bad roommates. This guy's terrible. The bad roommate here. They never thought to be self-aware enough that they're the bad roommate. They're the problem. Hey, James, you're the problem. (laughs) If this doesn't work this year in this system with this team, then you're going to go and point fingers at everybody else, and you're going to go back home, and you're going to start swiping right for another team, there's not going to be anybody left. Because, James, you're not the beard. You're not the system. You're the problem.
1: Swipe right. A little Tinder Bumble reference. I dig that, but... Yeah, it seemed like he really doesn't like James Harden. And again, usually I'd be like, cool, you know, he said his piece. I'm fine with that. But when you're covering a team with Kyrie Irving, let's be careful. Let's, Let's relax a little bit. Let's not act like there's players on the Mavs team currently that shit don't stink. And you can't really talk bad about Kyrie right now. The Mavs, they're on top of the West. Kyrie looks good. Him and luca everything's clicking. Kyrie hit seven threes last night, so I get it. But all I would tell Brian is to just be careful because Kyrie could easily flip shit in January, March, next week. Who knows? But, yeah, he felt that way about James Harden. I get it. James – as much as I love James Harden's game, he can be a cancer to a team. And he has been very, just kind of a diva, you know, through these later parts of his career. And do you think he I, thinks he's better than Durant? Yeah. And that's. that's our, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think he, he's better, but I think he knows that. It's all about opportunity. I think if he were to be on those warrior teams, he probably feels like he would have got rings just like Durant did. Yes, I do. Because, you know, they were all
0: together in Oklahoma City, and Harden left.
1: I mean, Sam Presti. Bat right. That was his worst move. That was Sam Presti. As good as he is, that was his worst move because he kept Sergio Baca and not James Harden. Bad move. And
0: he that didn't have to trade move. him right then.
1: No, that was a bad, like, because he, he knew that.
0: It up.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, he. he I want to say they kept a Baca for $80 million and James Harden wanted more than that, and they could only play James around 60-something, so they said we have to get rid of him. Bad move. You get rid of a Baca and they didn't think that Kevin Durant could be a power forward or could play the power forward in this age of NBA that's also wrong. KD has shown, especially with the Warriors, that he could be a power forward. And if he wanted to play defense, he can. <laughs> you just have to get him in the right mindset to do that, especially at that point of his career. Yeah, that was the wrong move. OKC would have rings by now if they would have kept that three because all those guys were getting better. And if anything, you get rid of Westbrook. But Westbrook was just such a, you know, ooh and ah he was yeah, he was that guy that dunked nasty and James, his game was different. And he came off the bench. So he didn't get that respect and then. And then once he traded them, then James started taking over and shout out to Mike D'Antoni. He really kind of made James Harden the Hall of Famer with his type of system. So yeah, I I don't know. I no. I I think James Harden gets some unfair you know, treatment at times, but I completely get what Brian's saying here. Like, he has been a diva a lot. I just think that a lot of guys are divas, just James Harden. Well, they're
0: chasing rings. Yeah. They want rings. And James is like, I'm trying to get this ring, man. I'm trying to get with the team that can get me this ring. And... He, it's not a good look because he's just hopping, and yeah. it's not a good look.
1: Yeah, that, there was a season with Houston where they were up 3-2 on Kevin Durant's Warriors, and Chris Paul tweaks his hamstring, and that's all she wrote. Warriors end up winning that series in seven. And then he moves on last year with um, Philadelphia. They go to game seven against Boston. They have the MVP on their team and Doc Rivers. He ends up getting fired because James Harden wants to have nine points. And it wasn't like James was bad last year. He led the team and or led the assist. NBA and assist. And it was averaging average of 20 points. Like he was good. Him and Embiid, you know, it worked out. But, you know, if you're watching the 76ers right now, Tyrese Maxey, way better than James Harden at this point in his career. Like that was the problem.
0: The problem with with where James Harden is in his career now is like the same problem that Serena Williams had at the end of her career trying to get that last major is that you put so much pressure on it that you're not just in the flow. You're not just playing your game. You're thinking about I got to win this thing. I got to, I got, you know, and you're not just playing. And that's why when you win at an early age, you've got that. You don't have to worry about that. But Harden is now pressing beyond belief. And, you know, Kawhi's got his rings. He's, he's a dog. He's going to do his thing. But Paul George, he's pressing.
1: Oh, yeah. James Harden's pressing. Yeah. Restbrook's pressing. Like, they got a lot of pressing yeah. on that team. Yeah. And, and Kawhi, it's, that's why he went to L.A. He went to L.A. to be around family, to play. He was like, okay, I won my rings. I want to be – I want to end my career at a place that I love, and that's Los Angeles, California, where I'm from. So now they're mucking that all up for him. You know? Like, I, I told you when this trade happened, Philly won the trade. Easily, like, like it's not even yeah. close. Getting Patum and those guys, which Patum he's been solid for him, but Lu is being too much of a player's coach. You know, he's trying to make everybody happy and start all four of those superstars and perennial all stars, and that shit's not. That's not smart. Russell or James has to come off the bench because those guys only know how to play one way when they're all four on the same court together. Like Kawhi could play off ball, but you don't want to play off the ball much. He's just too good with the ball in his hands and Russell, he needs the ball in his hands. So does James Harden and they just dribble so much. And they can't. Well, and if you are
0: Westbrook, how you were on the Lakers and they wanted you gone.
1: Yeah. Like, if yeah, you play, play with LeBron, are you serious? Are you, me? you can't play. I could go out there and get like five points just by playing off LeBron because he's just going to set me up perfectly. You can't do that, Russell. Like it was such a struggle for him. And then they blame uh, LeBron and those guys. They blame Anthony Davis for Russell Westbrook struggling there. Like, oh, they got to, you know, they got to change their play for his game. No, you change how you play for theirs. Like that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? And some guys just can't figure it out or are too prideful to, you know? Like, when you get in your 30s, you have to change your game. You have to. Like, you have no choice. You have to because, like, you're going to take a dip. That's just is what it is. Even Mike changed his game when he got in his 30s. You saw a lot more fadeaways and less driving and dunking on people. You saw a lot more post-ups instead of driving in and doing one of those crazy, just throwing it behind your head shots that he did in the early part of his career before he retired to play baseball. Like everyone changed the, the greatest changed their games. They have to, you have to be able to adapt. What Steve Sarkeesian say, the dinosaurs adapt chip. That's why they, they didn't adapt. That's why they hear no
0: more. Well, the thing, the thing about Kawhi is it seems like Kawhi is kind of the opposite of LeBron. Like, he's not the alpha who's going to be like, hey, here's how it's going to be. You know, like, he's not going to be in with Ty Lue talking all the time, saying, hey, here's what we need to do, and then help go carry it out. Like, Kawhi's going to show up, play as hard as he can, shower, and go home. Yeah. You're right. He's gonna- He's going to leave it all up to Ty Lue. Like, hey, Ty, you're the coach. You handle it. Yeah, you're right. And and that's that's tough, man, because like LeBron goes to Miami and he's like, hey, D-Wade, this is your team. I'm just here to help. Okay.
1: Yeah. Like yeah, D-Wade. I mean, that first year.
0: And everyone's like, oh, LeBron, he doesn't like the big shot. He deferred. LeBron's unbelievable. LeBron's the best all around player the game's ever seen because he can play the point. He can defend all five. It's ridiculous. And he gets everybody else going and hell he won a title in LA already. Yeah. Yeah. He helped Anthony Davis get a ring.
1: I know. I know. Who else was on
0: that team? I'm trying to remember
1: that Laker bubble team. Yeah. Um, Aggie, Alex Caruso, he was on that team. Rondo was on that team. He was probably their third best player. Dwight Howard was on that team. They had a lot of guys that kind of put their pride aside. And JaVale McGee, yeah, yeah. So, uh,
0: I don't know, man. Russell, Russell wasn't on that team, right?
1: No, no. He was on the Rockets at that time. Okay. But, um. Yeah, it's – Ty losing in a tough situation, man, because I wouldn't have made this move if I was the Clippers. You know, when you see James Harden, I guess it looks good, but the dude comes with a lot of baggage, and his game is just different now. He just can't – he's not that – you know, he wants to play the same way like he did in Houston, but – his body he's had injuries since then and he's in his part of his 30s to where you're just not going to see that type of play every night and plus the guys that he had around him in houston were just like catch and shoot guys you know like chris paul that was one of chris paul's you know best moments of his career because he was able to play off james and he was a really good three-point shooter now chris paul's obviously you know around 38 or so so he's taking the back seat but I, man, yeah, <laughs> James, Lauren, and CB. <laughs> and you know what? Here's
0: my fear, because you and I said this the day this thing went down, that there's no way you're going to have Harden and Westbrook on the court together. You're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to sub for each other. Yeah. If if the, If they're not careful, it's going to steal the love of the game from – the other guys on the team. Yeah. You're going to see Kawhi be like, F this, you know? Yeah. And Paul. I, agree. Jordan, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know they're all from LA and they're friends and stuff, but once you start losing shit changes, <laughs> shit. It's like what really happened
0: in Philly. Okay. Joel Embiid is the MVP. He's the one who's going to say, who stays and who goes or, or, you know, I mean, like, how did that not work? Oh. That should have that worked. Yeah. James Harden right. and Joel Embiid should have worked. Yeah. Because they're totally different positions. They both, there's your scoring inside and outside. Now I need, just give me some guys around who can hit shots. Give me a one swing player will go in and get me some rebounds, you know. And the fact that Harden
1: got. So Harden wanted out. Yeah. Good and luck. The, Joel Embiid's already taking shots at Harden. They're like, where's, y'all have won six games in a row. Like, why are y'all succeeding like this? And Joel Embiid says, we ain't, guys that had egos aren't here no more. Straight up. Straight up like James, you had an ego to hell with you, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's careful. We got what you Tyrese Maxey here. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey playing for that next contract. That's a Dallas kid. That dude's tough as hell. Like South Garland's finest. That dude dropped 50 the other night. He is tough. So, yeah, that was a good move shipping off James because now you don't have to worry about stunting that dude's growth and he's still playing off a rookie deal. So. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, that's why the Warriors are so good. They have selfless superstars. Yeah, in Steph and Clay, and look, Draymond—he's overachieved so far and beyond in his career. What is he a six-seven power forward? Yeah, he got kicked out last
1: night. They kicked his ass out of the game. Well, I mean, he's Awkward. their enforcer. Yeah. So.
0: They got the two nice guys at guard who do the Campbell's soup commercials. And then they got Draymond who will go kick guys in the nuts and be the enforcer and <laughs> get suspended every five technicals, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's the yeah. closest thing to Rodman we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. But he can shoot a little bit, you know, Rodman <laughs> was like, I ain't shooting. Yeah. I'm shooting. Unless yeah. I got to go to the free throw line. And even then it's going to be ugly. That's true. That's true, man, but yeah, I loved Rodman, because when Robin got to the Pistons, he was just this happy-go-lucky, I'll do anything to make this roster, and that's the energy that led him to, you know, put everything into rebounding, and how the ball is going to come off the rim, and tipping it to himself, and every, and then he's tough, and crazy, and, and willing to be an enforcer, he learned from the best, Lane Beer I mean god who who else I mean James Mahorn. Edwards
1: Yeah Edwards um, Rick Mahorn on those teams Rick Mahorn
0: Rick Mahorn
1: Yeah
0: Rick Mahorn kind of took him under his wing and was like hey you want to make it in this league rebound dude That's why I'm here Yeah
1: Play defense what a, like- Shout out to Dove Springs, baby. The faux faux. 787 Fo Faux. Dove Springs. So I'm talking about Dove Springs Rexinger, man. I worked there for years.
0: Hey, real quick, too. You need to get to GreatBluehair and and find that furniture so that you can recline the couch, the love seat, the bar stools. You can even design it yourself. And this is the highest end furniture built for a lifetime. Um, don't forget to use the promo code HOOKEM. That's our promo code for Texas Sports Unfiltered. You're going to get 15% off. And this is incredible furniture. Mm-hmm. Just take my word for it. Go to GreatBlueHairAndFurniture.com, And then when you're sitting in your great blue and couch or recliner, you can check out your big screen TV from audio visual consultations, the surround sound uh electronic shades new lighting surveillance tom and his crew will bring everything to you don't go to the store just call 255-8678 from the free consultation to installation tom and his crew bring everything to you all you got to do is make that phone call um zay the cowboys and the texans Yo. I mean, Dak looked great. Everybody's happy. They still don't have a running game. Doesn't matter. They threw it all over the place. Everybody caught passes.
1: Dowdle had a couple runs. Yeah, Dowdle had a couple runs. Dowdle had a couple runs. runs. They got stopped on that fourth down trying to run the ball to Tony Pollard. They're like, come on, fellas. What are we doing? But it didn't matter. The Cowboys
0: and Longhorns are leading parallel lives. (laughs) In the red zone on fourth down.
1: Well, man, I wish the Hordes could get a blowout like Cowboys did yesterday. Thank man, you. Like, Thank Tommy you. DeVito, good Lord. Wow. they like That's what makes you think. Like, there's not guys out there that just won, like, a shot at the NFL. Like, Tommy DeVito, that's the backup in the NFL? Oh. He's a backup? Like, how is he not out the league? I'm not trying to wish on nobody losing a job or anything, but Lord have mercy. Like, how is – badgent
0: yeah. That, like, how's he in the league? <laughs> From Shepherd College, like, i yeah, yeah. But hey, we get a quarterback, oh, CJ God. Stroud, dude. This is getting ridiculous. He's My tough. picks were terrible because CJ Stroud made me look like a fool. He's so tough. He's and so I got, tough. I think I got them all wrong. I could be wrong, but let me double check. All right, you had the Lions minus three, so that was a push. Damn. You had the Jags plus three. Oh, shit. I had the Bengals minus six and a half. Yeah. I had West Virginia plus 12 and a half. They got lit the F up. (laughs) And I had Texas minus 12, and that didn't happen. It was looking good for a half. It was looking good for three quarters. Damn, we didn't win one, did we? No, you, you at least tied one.
1: Okay. I'll take that.
0: Broncos didn't cover, right? They play tonight. Oh, you got a chance.
1: Yeah.
0: You got the Broncos plus seven. Okay. But CJ Stroud, dude, he just went into Cincinnati and outplayed Joe Burrow.
1: It's toughness, man. And
0: the Texans found a kicker just in time.
1: It's tough. To the Texans.
0: Man. Yeah. pop to the Texans. Yeah. If I wasn't it I'm you know. If I was at my place, I'm just saying. We'll be there tomorrow, man. One to three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll have uh, we'll have, uh, Hummer and Hank South for some awesome college football talk. And we'll we got you covered, baby. We got you covered. So, everybody, have a great night. We will continue our conversation about the Cowboys and C.J. Stroud. Uh, when we return tomorrow at our normal time, one to three. Right, sure everybody. Cool. Have a good night. Cheers.